Testing, testing. Still way too loud. Can get Jamie. Can you please come get Ellie? Okay, let's try this again. You're listening to the Neurodivergent Nurse, and I'm your host, Jamie. I'm a registered nurse who has ADHD. On this podcast, we will talk all things ADHD. I'm really just beginning to learn about this diagnosis and how to navigate through it, but I am so excited to take you on this messy and raw journey with me so that we can learn together. So let's get started. Well, hey, y'all. I don't know how your week's been, but this one has just been, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. If you live in the United States, I'm sure that you heard about the confirmation hearing for the nominee for Supreme Court Justice, Judge Jackson. Just like I did in 2020, I looked at all the potential nominees that people were speculating that it could be, and Judge Jackson was my pick. I was very interested to see how she answered questions that were brought up to her. I wanted to see how she handled herself with the difficulty of this confirmation and let me tell you I'm super impressed and I remember telling one of my friends during this hearing that it makes complete and total sense why I would never be in that position because I think I probably would have thrown a shoe at a couple of people and I don't know just the composure and the strength that she had during it all was just incredible. It's always interesting to me as well to see how so many of our representatives act whenever they are in the public's eye. Sometimes it's just really disappointing to me. I can comprehend the stances, but the lack of professionalism as a whole on that level is just baffling to me. I mean, those are the people that represent us and that's how they carry on in the public eye. It's just wild because as a nurse, we have to be held to an entirely different level than politicians as far as professionalism. That should not ever be the case. Speaking of nurses being held to much higher levels, there was a nurse in Tennessee who got charged yesterday with negligent homicide which is pretty much the same from my understanding as manslaughter for administering a medication that ultimately killed a patient. The results of that trial really put me in a funk yesterday and the trial has been going on for several days, but I'm just so concerned about the profession of nursing in general with this being on the table and being a precedent that was set. I thought about possibly making this week's podcast episode about how to stand up for yourself and referencing and telling her story in her workplace clearly not the route that I went could be a bonus episode in the near future I don't know I just was not in the right mental headspace and didn't quite have the emotional capacity to bring that to you this week therefore this week's episode is going to be something that is a little bit lighter but still very eye-opening and important this week we're going to talk about the impact ADHD has on driving hear that Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Did you know, research has shown that those of us with ADHD tend to be an increased risk of driving impairments. I mean, 
This really shouldn't be a big surprise if we just stop and think about it. Given the core symptoms of ADHD include problems with being distracted, hyperactivity, and impulsiveness. Common sense tells us all of these can impede safe driving and they can lead us to very serious accidents. One study found that drivers with ADHD had a 45 to 47% increase rate of serious transport accidents compared to drivers without ADHD. This is in both men and women. It's important to note that their definition of serious transport accidents was defined as serious injury or death. This explored the extent to which ADHD medication influences risks among subjects with ADHD. They did find that ADHD medication was associated with decreased rates of accidents among male drivers with ADHD. A lot of drivers who has attention deficit hyperactivity disorder find that they have difficulty maintaining vigilance and keeping their mind focused while on the road. I know in the Neurodivergent Nurse Facebook group, the set to private, so if you want to join it, you have to search pretty hard for it or send me a message, tell me that you want to join and I'll send you a link. Not too long ago, one of the members of the group sent a question and asked how do other neurodivergent people who are part of that group were able to maintain focus while driving because it is something that is very difficult for so many of us. Let's take a look at why this is an issue for us. We have countless distractions within the car, like our cell phone, our radio, even other passengers. Not only that, but we have a lot of distractions outside of the car as well, like road construction, rubbernecking at the accidents that we drive by, as well as general points of interest alongside the road. I know that I get distracted at times looking at billboards. Living in the South, there are a lot of really interesting ones. All of these can make it even more challenging to stay focused. Impulsive errors and reactions, as well as slower and delayed reactions, can also heighten risk for drivers with ADHD. We also have a weak spot, so to speak, with stimulation-seeking behaviors, like driving too fast, the exhilaration of hugging curves, and any other risk-taking behaviors. They can further impede our safety. I know many of us struggle with impatience while driving, and that can dangerously escalate to angry reactions, like road rage, which seems to be more prevalent in adults with ADHD. First of all, it's important to take your ADHD medication. Medication has been shown to be effective in improving driving performance in adults with ADHD. If you've been prescribed medication to help manage your symptoms, it really is important that you be diligent about taking your medicine on a schedule that you can be sure to have adequate levels of it in your bloodstream when you're most likely to be driving, like in the morning to work and during the late afternoon route home. I actually have a PRN medication that I take around noon or one on days that I work to help keep my brain functioning at max capacity into the evening. Y'all, if you like the show, please consider joining the Neurodivergent Nurse Podcast Patreon. It shows how much you care, and it allows me to continue to produce these episodes week after week. Plus, you get some awesome bonus episodes and some pretty great fan mail from time to time as a thank you. And please, please rate and review. The more reviews, the more attention. And that increases the likelihood that other people who struggle with neurodivergency will be reached. If you're interested in joining the Patreon, go to patreon.com slash the neurodivergent nurse. The next way is to figure out how you can reduce distractions. You will want to remove all potential distractions from within the car. Well, you may not want to. 
but it is best if you remove all potential distractions that are within your car. Turn off your cell phone, which I understand is very difficult to do. I am recommending it to you from what I've read, not from what I do, because I am scared that I may have a family member that has an emergency. So if you can't turn it off, put it out of reach so that you're not tempted to use it while you're driving. Don't eat while you're driving. That's another tough one. And only adjust the radio, your heat or air conditioning, your mirrors, etc. while the car stopped. When you have people who ride with you, let them know what is most helpful for you to maintain focus. That may actually include that you prefer not to chat while the vehicle's moving. When I read this next one, it was a real aha moment for me. I don't have the most horrible driving history, and I wonder if it's partially due to this. The next tip is to drive a car with a manual transmission. I loved driving a straight drive. My first car was one, and I've only had two my entire life that wasn't. Unfortunately, my SLK is one of those fancy cars that is an automatic with the option to be a manual, but the manual is using paddles on the steering wheel. It is definitely not the same, nor do I even enjoy that feature. It might be worth considering the next time you find yourself in need of a new car if you're a more attentive driver when using a manual transmission as opposed to an automatic. Use of a manual transmission has been demonstrated to be associated with greater arousal. Adults with ADHD tend to be more productive and focused when an activity is involving engagement. For some of us with ADHD, shifting gears manually while driving provides a positive level of stimulation that's helpful in maintaining focus. How did I never put those pieces together before? Did you? I know you think you're invincible and very talented at things that are difficult for other people. But when it comes to driving dangers for those of us with ADHD, I have to add, never drink alcohol and drive to the list. Adults with ADHD are more adversely affected in their driving by even low doses of alcohol, more so than drivers without ADHD. I'm going to be honest, I never knew that. I'm sure you know, I find articles in order to make podcasts with wonderful ideas, but I also verify all the information that I find in those articles. Just because it claims, quote, a study said, end quote, doesn't mean a study actually concluded whatever the information is. While I was verifying the research of driving and ADHD, I found one research article that said, quote, the sober ADHD group did in fact resemble that of intoxicated drivers at a BAC level for legally impaired driving in the United States, end quote. What? The driving impairments were categorized by greater deviation of lane position, faster and more abrupt steering maneuvers, and increased speed variability. This is saying at a baseline without consuming alcohol that our driving skills resemble that of intoxicated drivers. This study also included a comparison of neurotypicals and ADHD individuals with the consumption of alcohol at three different doses and compared that. Results show that driving performance in both groups were impaired in response to alcohol. That's not really a shocker, right? But it also showed that individuals with ADHD exhibit generally poorer driving performance than neurotypicals across all all the doses of alcohol. The research concluded alcohol might impair the performance of drivers with ADHD in an additive fashion that could considerably compromise their driving skills even at a blood alcohol concentration below the legal limit. The takeaway from this just don't. I made the commitment to myself and have made it very clear to my friends and family that if I drink any alcohol. I will not be getting behind the wheel of a car no matter how low the ABV is. It's really easy to do when you let those around you know so that they can either remind you to call an Uber or Lyft or just catch a ride with a friend going in the same direction. And next up on the list to keep you safe while driving with ADHD. If you're taking a road trip through areas that you are not familiar with, it is never a bad idea to know state traffic laws 
and that includes blinkers, speed zone requirements, and things like that. I was just on a vacation in February with my family, and I was leading two other cars behind me to a restaurant in a town that none of us had ever been to. Of course, I'm using GPS, but not the one in my car. I don't like that one because it doesn't work fast enough with directions, which means I was actually using the one on my phone. I live in North Carolina, my parents live in South Carolina, and we were in Georgia. My GPS told me to make a left turn in 500 feet. I'm going to be honest with you, even though I was a runner for years, distance is not something that I understand. (laughs) I know 500 feet means soon. That's the only gauge that I have for distance. We're driving through a town where the speed limit is 25 miles per hour, and there were two roads ahead on the left about half a block from each other. I picked up my phone for a quick glance, and I saw that I needed to turn at the first left-hand turn. Then I put my phone back down. Next thing I knew, there were blue lights behind me as he cut off my family that was following me. I was completely lost as to why I could be pulled over. Well, in Georgia, you aren't allowed to have a phone in your hand behind the wheel of a car at all. Who knew? There certainly weren't any signs posted anywhere that I drove past in the state all weekend. I have been to multiple states that actually have signs up that tell you that you are not allowed to have a cell phone device in your hand while you're driving, like Maryland. So to avoid a ticket and unwarranted frustration, check that information before you go on a road trip. You can always contact the State Department of Motor Vehicles if you have any questions about specific laws. So next up, if your driving history is a little rocky, you could always attend and pass a driver education program that addresses ADHD concerns if you feel that it's necessary. You can check out BehindTheWheelWithADHD.com to find ADHD certified driving schools in several states. To make it easier, I'll include a link in the show notes. And the very last one, always wear your seatbelt. Since we now know that our risk is substantially higher for accidents, it is wise to make this a part of your routine as soon as you get in the car. If it's hard for you to remember, you can put a brightly colored sticky note on your dashboard as a reminder. Whatever you do, just make it a habit and stay safe. I hope that you had some great takeaways from this week's episode of The Neurodivergent Nurse. If you just can't wait two weeks before you get another episode of The Neurodivergent Nurse, then go ahead and join the Patreon at patreon.com slash The Neurodivergent Nurse. By doing this, you'll be sure to have a weekly episode of this podcast available to you plus some other fun and cool things mixed all in between. You also get all the previous Patreon episodes that are exclusive the minute that you join. If you have any additional cool tips and tricks, then be sure to shoot me a message on the neurodivergentnurse at gmail.com. Or if there's something that you want me to look into, to talk about, to come up and find great ideas with things that we struggle with with ADHD, feel free to email me about those too. I hope you have a great week and I can't wait to talk to you again.